Thank you for listening to Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti, recorded live at the Sat Yoga Ashram in Costa Rica. To join us for a life-changing meditation retreat, or to make a donation to support this transformational work, please visit our website, www.satyoga.org. To access more teachings or guided meditations from Shunyamurti, please visit the members section of our website or our YouTube channel, Sat Yoga Institute. Namaste. The main problem that all of the uh, religious founders and uh, teachers, at least in the East, have uh, tried to solve is how do you avoid the uh, triad of desire, satisfaction, and remorse? And various ways were chosen, but eventually they all basically recognized there was only one way out of it. And you can't avoid remorse once you fall into desire. And uh, even in capitalism, buyer's remorse is the main issue, isn't it? You buy the red convertible and as you're driving out of the showroom, somebody hits you from behind, you know, and it's not worth anything anymore. And uh, there goes your midlife crisis, you know. So, it happens with uh, the person you marry, it happens pretty much with everything in life. Once you get what you thought you desired, it turns out it was a bait and switch because you projected your own fantasies on it and that wasn't the reality of what you got. So, <clears throat> remorse is unavoidable in life. And it's the main problem, because people are burdened by huge amounts of remorse. And therefore, if you can avoid desire in the first place, uh, you won't uh, have to deal with that. Now, you can avoid the satisfaction of desire, that's another way, but then you'll deal with frustration. And so you still won't be happy, there won't be any peace of mind. So, desire is the problem. The, uh, the issue, however, is just by letting go of desire isn't enough because then fear will come up uh, under it because you realize that desire is actually a cover for uh, more deep underlying fears that you're running away from into desire. But you're, in trying to solve that problem, you're creating worse problems for yourself. And you just end up with a series of mortgages and you know, other problems that you have to worry about. And, uh, and, and they cover your original dread, but uh, you, you still can't sleep at night because now you've got all of these other things to worry about. So if you, can, uh, if you can live a life in which you avoid desire, but in such a way also that you process your fear, then that's the perfect solution. And that's why they created ashrams, because nobody desires to go to an ashram. <laughs> Right? An ashram is sort of the last resort. It's, it's either that or the mental institution or the penitentiary or the cemetery, you know. And if, okay, I'll go to the ashram. We'll try that first. Uh, but you don't desire to go there for a vacation. So, uh, but it's a good place to go to process your fear of the, the very problem that you have, which is being trapped in life. 
right? You, you, people feel uh, that they are in a situation where I can't get no satisfaction, right? We have to create an album here. Maybe on Yogi Night we'll go through all the pop songs of the, the, uh, the issues along the way on the spiritual journey, because that's what they're all about. And so if Mick Jagger can't get any satisfaction, you haven't got a chance. <laughs> so give it up. He's tried everything. <laughs> Therefore, uh, desire and satisfaction are, are not the way, because you're going to end up you know, with remorse, and, or with a heroin overdose, or with something else that... Uh, uh, comes along with uh, trying too hard to get your fix. So uh, most of the uh, the scriptures that have been written have been about that, and uh, most of the uh, the tales of the Buddha and of the Mahavira and all of that were how did this character escape desire and escape this whole uh, triad? One of my favorite books on this is the Ashtavakra Gita. Uh, one of those uh, very interesting post-Upanishadic uh, texts in India that try to give you a taste for the flavor of Brahmanacharya and how you deal with uh, this issue and, uh, and curve around it. it it's, it's dealing with the curvature of emotional space uh, through uh, being more of a wave than a particle. Ashtavakra is uh, one of the great um, sages, although he's apocryphal, he's not really a historical character as such, uh, although he may be based on, on one of many you know, wandering gurus at the time. But the word means eight curves, so it's a, it's a wave of, a, of an octave. So I would say he represents the spectrum of consciousness. But the story of his uh, life that is told uh, uh, surrounding this uh, Gita of his is that while he was in his mother's womb, his father, who was kind of a self-righteous pundit, was trying to uh, uh, recite to her scriptures about how to raise a child and all of this, and, uh, and yet he didn't have an accurate quotation of what he was saying, you know, and he was trying to be very know-it-all. And from inside the womb, Ashtavakra shouted out, you're wrong, that's not how it goes. Right? And he started correcting his father before he's born. This is the first, earliest known case of an Oedipus complex. It's actually intrauterine. Uh, but he, uh, the father curses him and says, uh, you should be born with uh, you know, eight, uh, eight dis, dis, deformations in your body for, all the, for, for dishonoring your father even before you're born. You know, anyway, so he is born as this strange cripple with eight deformations. And uh, he, uh, he, nonetheless, he's a genius who is born knowing all of the scriptures and the Upanishads and all of this. And his father gets in some trouble uh, in, in a debate about, uh, you know, about the Vedanta in the court, and he is, uh, he is thrown into a dungeon. Ash Ashtavakra saves his life. A whole, a whole bunch of things happen. The father finally forgives the son and asks the goddess to remove the deformities, which happens. And Anyway, things go better for everybody, but Ashtavakra didn't care one way or the other. And so eventually he becomes the official guru of King Janaka. I, you probably have heard of Janaka. I've, I've talked about him before. One of the, uh, the great 
enlightened kings of India, and he got enlightened by listening to Ashtavakra. So I'll just read a few sections of it. This is a modern translation without the Sanskrit and all that, but it's fairly accurate. And it starts out with Janaka asking, O Master, tell me how to find detachment, wisdom, and freedom. And he says, Child, to the king, if you wish to be free, shun the poison of the senses. Seek the nectar of truth, of love and forgiveness, simplicity and happiness. Earth, fire, water, the wind, the sky, you are none of these. If you wish to be free, know you are the self, the witness of all of this the heart of awareness. Set your body aside, sit in your own awareness. You will at once be happy, forever still, forever free. You have no caste, no duties bind you, formless, free, beyond the reach of the senses, the witness of all things. You are already liberated, so be happy. In other words, you don't, what do you need to desire? You, you're already Brahman. Right or wrong, joy and sorrow, these are of the mind only. They are not yours. It is not really you who acts or enjoys. You are everywhere, forever free, forever and truly free, the single witness of all things. But if you see yourself as separate, then you are bound. If you think, I am doing this, I do that, I want this, then the big black snake of selfishness has bitten you. Think, I do nothing. That is the nectar of faith. Drink it and be happy. Know that you are one, that you are pure awareness. With the fire of this conviction, burn down the forest of ignorance. Free yourself from sorrow and be happy. Be happy because you are joy, unbounded joy. That is your nature. You are awareness itself. Just as a coil of rope is mistaken for a snake, so you have been mistaken for the world. If you think you are free, you are free. If you think you are bound, you are bound. You are what you think. The self looks like the world, but this is just an illusion. The self is everywhere, but it is one, still, free, perfect. The witness of all things, without action, without clinging, without desire. Meditate on the self, on the one without two, on the exalted awareness. Give up the illusion that you are a separate self. Give up the feeling within or without that you are this or that. Because you think you are the body, that is why you are bound. Know that you are pure awareness. With this knowledge as your sword, cut through your chains of attachments and be happy. For you are already free, without action, without flaw, luminous and bright. You are bound only by your habits. Your nature is pure awareness. You are flowing through all things and all things are flowing in you. But beware the narrowness of mind. You are always the same, unfathomable, limitless, free, serene, unperturbed. But desire only your own awareness. Whatever takes form is false. 
only the formless endures. When you understand the truth of this teaching, you will not be born again. For God is infinite, within the body and without, like a mirror and the image in the mirror. As the air is everywhere, flowing around a pot and filling it, so God is everywhere, filling all things and flowing through them forever. The wise man knows the self, and yet he plays the game of life. But the fool lives in the world like a beast of burden. The true seeker feels no elation, even in the exalted state of, of Brahman, which Indra and all the gods long for, because he understands the nature of things. His heart is not stained by right or wrong, as the sky is not smudged by smoke. He is pure of heart. He knows the whole world is only the self. So who can stop him from doing as he wishes? Of the four kinds of being, from Brahma to a blade of grass, only the wise man is strong enough to give up desire and aversion. How rare he is. Knowing he is the self, he acts accordingly and is never fearful. For he knows he is the self that is one without two, and thus the Lord of all creation. <coughs> the mind desires this and grieves for that. It embraces one thing and spurns another. Now it feels anger, now happiness, and in this way you are bound. But when the mind desires nothing and grieves for nothing, when it is without either joy or anger, and grasping nothing turns nothing away, then you are free. But when the mind is attracted to anything it senses, you are bound. When there is no attraction, you are free. When there is no I, you are free. When there is I, you are bound. Consider this. It is easy. Embrace nothing. Turn nothing away. Well, that's basically the counsel of uh, all of the sages and saints, really of all traditions. And if you can remain in that state that is neutral between desire and fear, uh, there will be no suffering. So this is the, the well-known secret of life that no one decides to keep, but it is uh, the easy way to live and enjoy the world totally, but without wanting to possess it and therefore without having to repel it. Simply by accepting it as it is in pure awareness that does not want to grasp or hold on to it or possess it or use it for any purpose, but allow what comes to come and what goes to go. Be free, let all others be free. Very simple wisdom and it leads to Brahmanacharya. What more do you need? So it's a good book. A beautiful poetry. I recommend that you read it. One of the great scriptures, I think, of India. 
and of, of the world and puts it all in very simple terms. There are others of its kind, the Avaduta Gita and a number of Gitas were written during this post-Upanishadic period, but I think this is one of the most uh, beautiful and concise of them all. Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti podcast. For more information on programs and retreats, click on the calendar section of our website, www.satyoga.org. Our work is made possible by the generous support of our listeners, viewers, and members. To make a donation, please visit the donate page of our website. We thank you for your support in our mission to share this timeless wisdom with the world. Namaste.